Hello and welcome to this week's episode of College News Fit to Digest. Every week we pick a few news items relating to US colleges and discuss it with our own Shweta Bagade. Alma Matters curates the news daily relating to US colleges and makes it available on almamatters.io/news. We pick a few news items from that curated list and discuss it every week here in these podcasts. Now, without further ado, on with the podcast. Hey, Shweta. Good morning, Vedcat. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. Very good. So, let's kick off the new month with... Uh, set of different or varied topics here as making news. Um, so I thought the first topic for the day, um, there's a, you know, there's been a bunch of articles about um, TOEFL uh, that international students have to take for testing as English as a foreign language. And then the competition that has sort of sprung around it, um, especially Duolingo, and TOEFL's kind of, you know, um, modified its test and whatnot, made it more, I guess, online friendly. So this, you know, maybe this is a sort of indication of things to come. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, it's funny in the age of the pandemic, I, you know, you gloss over something that's not in your face all the time. And mm-hmm. testing, to go to a testing facility this year would be challenging for a lot of people in a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. So the fact that TOEFL is finally making their, you know, their shift into being more accessible is mm-hmm. great. I, I think it, Duolingo has shown that we can do this. Mm-hmm. And that has forced... TOEFL to really examine itself. And because of the pandemic, Duolingo has been able to really kind of insert itself into the market and really get its name out there and its acceptance. That's a big piece of all of this is the universities have to find it um, equivalent or acceptable for Mm -hmm. the admissions process. So um, I feel like TOEFL maybe is a little bit behind the times and now they're you know, doing a swift catch up. Yeah, I think I think the I think probably the most impressive thing, at least for me, was the fact that you know tons of colleges have accepted the Duolingo test. So I, I just uh, thought that was quite quite different, and the speed with which it has happened, right, in the space of you know less than a year. And um, I, 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 you're right. In a non-pandemic time, I doubt if that kind of change would have happened. No, definitely. Uh, and one of the things that you know always comes up with testing in general um, is accessibility and affordability, and mm-hmm. the understanding of how expensive TOEFL can be for an international student is is interesting. And then the fact that Duolingo can come out with something extremely significantly um, cheaper, I dare say affordable. And mm-hmm. so it forced hopeful to really look closely at what they're doing 
And I like that the universities are embracing it. How this continues on, who knows? Uh, let's hope it's, it, it is a positive direction because it, that's one of the issues with testing in general is that accessibility. Okay, the second news item, which um, I think I think is good news for international students, is that there is there might be some federal aid available for international students. Um, the Voice of America News is reporting that. Uh, well, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, 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 I am hoping that's true. It's the way the article reads. It's it's very specific categories. So I think mm-hmm. if I'm an international student, I would definitely do a little research and understand who's eligible and who's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they may find that they are eligible when they thought they weren't. So that's why it's really important to do this research. I think mm-hmm. it's also important for international students to really look closely at their universities they're applying to and look at what's available to them through the universities, especially if they can't find anything through the federal level. Um, a lot of a lot of states and universities offer aid to international students mm-hmm. um, in their specific state, mm-hmm. not as much as they would, obviously, for, you know, U.S. citizens and residents, but it is there. So it is important to do that research and that research is it's going to be a little cumbersome, but I think it's worth the effort. Um, you start with the government, you start with the federal site and then kind of go from there. But it is important to do that because they are available for a lot of different categories of students. Mm-hmm. So another, another quick topic uh, to look at is um, obviously um, thanks to the pandemic, whole bunch of college admissions of um, colleges have gone test optional, at least in terms of the requirements for admission. Um, now, ACT is admitting that this may not be a temporary thing. Um, and uh, is that is that just an acknowledgement of fact or are they, um, are they, are they saying something else? <laughs> oh, well, I think... I think pre-pandemic, they saw universities becoming test optional, but I think what still mandates in a lot of students and families, their parents particularly, is they still feel the need to take it. Mm-hmm. So with the pandemic, that then you can't take it. So you mm-hmm. have to work around those things and or you're not able to take it as many times because you, you took it one time and then the pandemic happened um, or the, the pandemic happened and you couldn't take it again. Or, you know, as you, you've, we've talked about these people who travel to other states, they can do it one time, but they can't do it multiple times. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of different scenarios that are happening. And the fact that um, more and more colleges are exploring the test optional piece is really important. And I think it, it, it's an underlying acknowledgement of the, the accessibility of testing and ACT and SAT are going to really need to look closely at how they administer the test, creating maybe an online version that's safe to ta- take 
really make it more accessible if they don't want to go away completely, if they want to kind of still remain relevant. So it should be interesting how they how they also do that adjustment based on what's happening in the pandemic, because you can see more and more students. We're seeing it uh, locally. If I don't have to take the test, why should I? Kind of mindset, one less thing they have to deal with. And so if they want to become relevant, they're going to have to show that they are relevant and they're accessible as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think that at least in the current state, um, ACT or NSAT is probably being used more for scholarships and other things. Uh, even in this time, if you do have it, it makes it easier for that. So that's one area where, um, where things might have to change. But yeah, I mean, if the long-term uh, prognosis or uh, prediction here is that the standardized tests are going to go away or that colleges aren't going to require them and probably not even be optional, they're just going to do away with sort of looking at them, then that's a very different matter. And we, I don't think we've reached that point yet. Um, but who knows what will happen in the next you know, 12 to 18 months. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're going to go away. I just think they're not going to be as relevant as mm. they used to be. That mindset uh, will take time to change. You still have a lot of fa- parents particularly feel like you have to take it kind of thing. Yeah. And, or they feel like they need to. Like if you look at students who weren't necessarily – academically motivated, but they're capable of doing well on the SAT or ACT testing. So there's a lot of other reasons to take it, but should be interesting how this plays out. I agree. It's kind of a wait and see how universities adjust, how students, high school students and their families adjust and the testing groups adjust. The last topic for the day uh, is something I picked up from the University of Minnesota's daily uh, where, um, you know, they have a student advisory board that they've reconstituted to focus more on mental health, especially for international students. And um, I I, I guess I was a little surprised to see that this is getting so much attention. And on, on the other hand, I'm not. But it's just interesting to see that at each college level, these kind of things are probably going to happen or are already happening. So what do you, what do you think of this um, focus on the mental health? You know, I, I, I really love this article. Um, I think it shines a light on something that has been kind of in the background for a very long time. Uh, even... I'll use my own little personal antidote speaking to my father who immigrated here, went to a school, you know, not with very strong English skills, but still sufficient enough to go to college. He -hmm. felt very isolated and kind of lonely. And he was, he said what helped him get through it was finding this group of very small group of, other Indian immigrants who came, you know, mm-hmm. for him. And mm-hmm. so when you fast forward to now, you think of the, just the, 
there are already transitions you're already making as a college student, kind of living on your own, new environment, mm-hmm. not knowing anybody. And for an international student, throw in different culture, uh, still a, potentially a language barrier, maybe not a hundred percent language barrier, but definitely there. Um, mm-hmm. And a little bit of feeling just uncomfortable in a mm-hmm. new environment. And you're really far from home. You know, time zones are significantly different, things like that. So it's really, I, I think it's important to also acknowledge that they're going to have their own feelings of isolation and that could lead into depression and things like that. And of course, there's always that general characteristic of a person who is a little bit, maybe a little bit shyer, a little bit quieter, or um, just not comfortable in big environments. And now they go into a university, even a university of two or 3000 might be overwhelming if they come from a smaller school. So there's a lot of factors that come into play. And I, I'm really glad that, you know, this mental health awareness is really important, of course, across the board, and to be able to shine that light on a group of students that possibly have been maybe needing even more support than the general population is really important. So I'm glad to see some of the universities starting to really go above and beyond and start acknowledging, creating support groups, uh, reaching out, whatever they're doing to kind of make sure that these students feel supported and they have resources available to them. Yep. I, I mean, I, I do think it's a, it's a good, it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully this will be the norm rather than, um, and, and also preventive is better here. Right. I mean, so you, you know, things you can do to alleviate this is far better than just treating the issue. So, um, very good. So that's sort of wraps up our topics for today. Um, thank you again for uh, doing this. And it's already March. So I'm certainly moving <laughs> forward. So we'll talk again next week. But till then, take care. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Thank you. You too. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with Shweta Bagade on this week's College News Fit to Digest. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to today's podcast. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash alma matters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you.